Hello, it's Paul Scott here, as usual, doing my weekend podcast on the 13th of January 2024. So this will be the second one for the current year. I've got to really fly through this because we've been... God almighty, we've been so busy this week. Um, I love January because it's just, you know, get stuck in... Uh, it's dry January, of course, so my productivity goes through the roof. I've been starting work at sort of between 4 and 5 a.m. every day this week. It's incredible. So we've been able to get a, a, a two or three sections up, ready for the readers to peruse at 7 a.m. So I think we're delivering a good service, and thank you for all your feedback. We really, we, we like, you know, we're only human. We're babies, really. We like to be encouraged when we're doing a good job. So thank you for, for that. So uh, did I say who I am? Yeah, Paul. Scott, small caps, UK small caps commentator, um, writer of the small cap value reports on Stockopedia with Graham and occasionally Roland. And uh, of course, I'm a, I've been a professional investor for 21 years, usually make good money most years, had two or three disastrous years along the, along the way. So we're all learning, aren't we? We're all learning all the time. We are not gurus and we do not give advice. Those are key important points because we don't know what the future holds any better than anyone else does. Right now, let's rattle through these really quickly because there's loads to cover. Monday, 8th of January. Where's the right tab? Here we are. Um, OK, we had a nice success here. CMC Markets, which is one of these um, spread betting and CFD companies, institutional as well as retail. Now, both Graham and I put CMC Markets, the ticket is CMCX. Both of us, without without, um, conferring, put this on our top 20, in my case, and top 10, in Graham's case, share ideas, watch list for 2024. And so we were, I mean, the, the rationale was that it was... Uh, valued at less than its own networking capital with no additional long-term debt. So you basically get the business in for free. And it had uh, it was operating around break-even and it had obvious, very high operational gearing for an upside. So we thought it was a bit of a no-brainer at the end of 2023, but we didn't know when the recovery would happen. Well, bless my soul, on the 8th of January, it put out a cracking trading statement saying that Q4 had... had um, been very strong. We still haven't got accurate numbers on broker numbers because it looks from the consensus numbers as there's five brokers covering it, but we can't drill into the detail on that, unfortunately. So it looks as if maybe only one or possibly two have upgraded and the others haven't. And this is a recurring problem with small caps that old, stale, uh, inaccurate forecasts do seem to hang out there for all the data providers because it's it's not something Stockopedia can control, although, frankly, the data providers should be paying us because we flag up all the preliminaries in their data set to them. But anyway, <laughs> so um, I think the good news on CMC markets may not yet have fed through, actually, into the broker consensus numbers. Anyway, it went up 23% on the 8th of January, which gave, as I say, Graham and our um, share ideas spreadsheets a, a nice boost. We're both up for the year to date. Um, Graham's 5% ahead of AIM already after 13 days. Although, as Graham quipped to me on our WhatsApp thing, uh, it helps that we've we've chosen the benchmark that's probably the crappiest index in the whole world. <laughs> But I, as I went back at him and said, yeah, but we are picking stocks that are mostly on AIM, so it's the right benchmark, isn't it? I'm going to change the benchmark when I've got time to blend 
blend do a blend of SMXX small caps and a blend of AIM. Um, skewed according to the number of shares are in each index in our watch lists, then we'll have a bespoke ben- benchmark that's 100% accurate. But anyway, we're not, we, we don't put this down to anything more than a bit of luck, actually. We're not saying we're geniuses. But we had a nice lucky start to uh, 2024. And Graham's 5, 5% ahead of AIM. I think I've already said that. I'm about 2.8% ahead of AIM so far. So we're quite pleased. A nice start to the year. Thanks to mainly to CMC Markets. Next, uh, Graham looked at Surface Transforms SCE. This is the uh, the ceramic brakes. Um, uh, it's, not, it's more than a startup. It's been going donkey's years, but it's finally commercialising it. But having lots of teething problems, almost went bust, as you know, last year. Um, but it, uh, Graham, so but it put out another profit warning. Basically, it didn't uh, it didn't hit the uh, production targets that it only set two months ago. Um, and it obviously did an emergency fundraise in December, which just got it through. So Graham's amber red on it, which I think I am as well. So we're flagging that we think it's an exciting, interesting company, lots of problems, and it still hasn't been properly financed. It's going to have to raise cash again, we reckon. But anyway, look, at 11p, it's only slightly above the fundraise price, which I think was 10p. So Surface Transforms, we hope it works. Um, could go either way. Celebrus Technology, CLBS. This used to be called D4T4. They changed the name. Now, that went up on a contract update, which I looked at. Um, It's a specialist sort of big data analysis software company. It does actually do big data, so it was doing that before AI or anything became a buzzword. So they're not... um, It's not one of these fake claimers uh, of AI. Very interesting company. I've always liked Celebrus Tech. Um... Now, I've said here, it's it's updated on contracts and confirmed, it said it's confident of hitting March 2024 forecast. So that's good. Interesting company. But it's very, had a very big rally already. So I've said it's less attractive value, that one, um, which is true of lots of small caps at the moment and mid caps. They, the, the Santa rally last year, November, December, was extraordinary. I've used the word, word frenzied a few times in, in the small cap value reports in the last week or two. So I think some of these things, you know what, taking a bit of profit, top slicing, may not be a bad idea. I've done that on a, a couple of mine. I've banked the profits. So I sold um, Cornerstone FS, for example, because it just, you know, it nearly doubled on me. So I thought, well... I wasn't expecting it to do that so quickly, so I'll, I'll take the money off the table. So thanks for that one. But, you know, shares are for selling as well as buying, as a renowned fund manager told me over lunch last late last year. And he's right. There's nothing wrong with a bit of top slicing. But obviously everyone has their own way of doing things. Some people just like to buy and hold. Uh, other people like to trim or, or you know, bank some profits. I think I like top slicing because then you've got some money to buy other stuff, haven't you? And there were always opportunities, pretty much on a daily basis, I think. So, yeah, we like Celebrus Tech, but I've marked it amber green because of the fact that it's already risen a lot. Finally, Graham looked at Plus 500, P-L-U-S. This is the Israel base, but it's now international. It's gone all over the place. Um, um, uh, punting um, is very much for punters, for unsophisticated um, punters who are doing a lot of crypto-type trading on it. We think it's a pretty awful business, but there's no denying, as Graham said, there's no denying it's generating oodles of cash. It's 1.4 billion now, very, very checkered history. 
um, you know, just see what Graham's got to read on it to to, to get the, the pros and the cons. As you know, we don't we don't we don't take sort of emotional or staunch opinions on things. We just react to the news flow, and you know, we've got to we've got to reflect the reality there that it's it's chucked a lot of shareholder value back at shareholders, uh, but we do have still have some lingering concerns. Now, finally, you might have noticed in the small cap value reports I've introduced. We've done a few minor innovations. Um, Matilda commented on my spangly new table. He said something like, "Hark at you with your fancy table," <laughs> which gave us all a good laugh. That was funny. Thank you for that, Matilda. Great sense of humour. We had a good old laugh when we uh, had a beer at Mellow, didn't we? Well, anyway, I've introduced this a fancy table, and also I've introduced a new section in the agenda just called "Other Price Movers." With news, so basically, if I spot anything else where there's been an announcement and the price is shot up or down, I just put it in there. So I commented on two, uh, and it's literally a single line. So it's a really good discipline, actually, having to summarise something in uh, sort of less than about thirty letters. So um, it's a, a challenge that I enjoy, actually. So Argo Blockchain was down fifteen percent to twenty-three p on a 7.8 million placing. That was in my little summary section now. And CMO, we didn't cover it in detail, but it was basically a profit warning, so it dropped 13%. That is a company that does online building supplies that is struggling. It's halved its EBITDA forecast from 2 million to 1 million. Market cap's quite cheap, though, but it doesn't really seem to be taking off as an online-only building products company. So that was Monday. Reader comments were very interesting. Somebody put up a fantastic uh, review of Wednesday. Also, the readers were took, t- discussing Silver Bullet Data Services, SBDS. I did actually have a quick look at it, and I think it looks quite interesting. Um, uh, is this the one that's... I can't remember anything about it now. But anyway, have a look. SBDS, it's, it's speculative, but have a quick look at it. I think there's, there might be something there, actually. Oh, here we are. Yeah, it was Ben Has, who is... Read a comment of the day. Who got 116 thumbs ups here. So well done, Ben. They loved your uh, post as much as they loved the main article. So he did a nice review with data here and charts on Wednesday. So thank you, Ben. That was brilliant. We really encourage readers to write your own pieces like that. It's It really adds value. Thank you. And loads of other really good reader comments. Uh, and as always, Mr. Contrarian's fantastic RNS summary was up there. So, yeah, very constructive, very positive, uh, courteous reader comments on Monday. I can't say the same about Friday, but most of the time um, people are really, really good. Lots and lots of interesting comments. So thank you to everyone. OK, on to Tuesday, the 9th of January 2024. We covered six companies in detail. Um here we are, starting off with MJ Gleason, GLE. Now, this was a tricky one. I wrote, uh, it was a profit warning. So the house builder, the affordable, cheap, uh, low-end uh, houses in the Midlands and the North, uh, famously of, uh, affordable by a couple, both earning living wage, apparently. And anyway, it put out this profit warning on the 9th of January, Gleason did, uh, H1 trading update, so it must be a June, yeah, June year end, here we are. Now, it says here... Um, that they, yeah, Libran has lowered the EPS forecast by 22%. Now, I got into a right 
Oh, blimey, I got into a right mess over this one because Librem put two notes out. The first one was a sector note, which didn't change the Gleason numbers. It left them as they were. So I wrote a section saying, well, that's strange. The, the Gleason note reads like a profit warning, but Librem hasn't changed its forecast. So I wrote all of that, published it. Then a second note came through on from Librem again. And we do really appreciate the notes, so I don't want to in any way... I'm not in any way talking them down. Quite the opposite. They're fantastic. Very good analysts, and it's really really good of them to share the research with us. Um, But they put out a note specifically on Gleason, which said, yes, it's a profit warning and the expectations are down 22%. So the sector note, unfortunately, probably shouldn't really have gone out um, because it had obviously been written previously. But anyway, look, uh, there we are. So I had to hurriedly rewrite my section on Gleason saying, actually, yes, this is a profit warning. So, um, but good outlet comments. And the December 2023 uh, order book on Gleason was strongly up. So I've uh, now the interesting thing as well, the day before, it, coincidentally, it was tipped by Investors Chronicle and shot up about 10 percent. So uh, but then it dropped 11 percent on the day of the profit warning. So it only really went back to where it was. So I think they got away lightly, actually, because I think um, in a in a more uh, testing market, it would have dropped quite a bit more. But I think I've, I've come to the conclusion that builders now, you know, they've had a great run. The mid and large cap builders are up 40 to 50 percent in the last two months. Now, obviously, that's because the, the outlook's improving because mortgage rates are um, moderating very significantly right now. And, you know, um, they're going to their their bill cost inflation has gone more or less. And um, there are a lot of positives, but I think, as Libram says in its sector note, prices really do look up with events, and I agree. So I think for the time being, MJ Gleason, um, I was green on this. It was one of my top picks in 2023, actually, and it did very, very well. Um, <clears throat> um, but it is a profit warning, and it does look fully valued to me now. So I've shifted down to amber for that reason. And then we always flag them on the spreadsheet in black as a profit warning, but that's not an opinion. So we've got a dual uh, sort of uh, opinion on it. The black is just a flag. There has been a profit warning. We're not saying don't go near it. Quite the opposite, actually. Very often, profit warnings in for really good companies, like this one, can actually present buying opportunities. But that's for you to decide, obviously. So I'm amber on the fundamentals on Gleason, but I just mark it red on my spreadsheet to flag that there's been a profit warning. So you can see them all on one page quickly at a, at a, at a view. Uh, it's something the readers asked me to do, so that's why I've done it. Next, what do we got? Uh, uh, Mattioli Woods, MTW. That was an inline update. It's uh, a pensions and investment advice business. Graham's amber. I think this was the one where I challenged him on that and said I thought that looked privately and I said I thought he looked a bit stingy I thought it was maybe worth a bit more but anyway Graham just says look it's 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 a business that should be on a fairly low rating so there we are uh Graham obviously is a an ex-fund manager himself so he always covers that sector very very well and he looked at impacts asset management IPX uh, with uh, a lot of them are putting out Q1 asset under management updates. He likes that one. He likes nearly all of them, as I do, on valuation. We look at them. We think this is a very good time to be looking at fund managers and brokers and, and so on because it's they're so cyclical with their earnings and we think we've got to be at or near the low of the cycle and the shares are so cheap and, you know, there are signs now that uh, asset outflows are stabilising. So I, th- I think that whole fund management sector is a great hunting ground at the moment for you to do your research and see if you can find some bargains. I think there are lots of uh, very attractive valuations on offer in that sector. They usually have really nice balance sheets too. 
OK, I looked at Quartix, QTX being the ticker. This is the uh, telematics group that does all the, the clever boxes for uh, 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 fleets of vehicles to help route them correctly and so on. Uh, very profitable and cash generative, although growth has been a struggle here. This is the one where the founder... Chairman has come back as executive chairman to sort of get it back on track. Now, it's an inline update for calendar 2023, and it confirms guidance for calendar 2024. Um, <clears throat> it's putting through a general price rise in February 24, which should be uh, nice for the profits. It says it's going to trim the dividends a bit because of cash wasted on a small acquisition by the previous CEO, good growth in France. I think it's interesting, but it's still not a bargain, you know, 79 times earnings. But I'm warming towards Cortex, so I've gone from amber to amber green. So it's on my watch list. I'm not ready to buy yet, and I don't really mind if I miss the boat on it, but I think it's coming into buying range because I think the outlook for 2024 sounds uh, quite interesting, actually. Okay, Shoe Zone, I looked at this. Uh, lovely results. Wow. Final results for September 2023. Fabulous business. This is the cheap Chinese shoes sold in. Um, they're increasing the size of their shops. <coughs> Very short leases, only about two years. Flexible. Sorry, did I deafen you then? I've just see, I've just maxed out the sound uh, thing. Oh, thank you to the to the reader list stroke listener who expressed concern about my tickly cough, saying I ought to get it checked out. Just to say, I did get it checked out last year. Um, and I saw a specialist who basically said it was acid, acid reflux. She said, if you want to get rid of it, this was a consultant at the hospital, you know, had a proper rummage around. She said, if you want to get rid of it, drink less caffeine, drink less alcohol, don't have any alcohol or caffeine two hours before bed and stop eating spicy food. So basically, I've got to stop doing all the things I enjoy. Oh, God, isn't it always the way? So anyway, but I have found actually my tickly cough is less tickly in dry January. So uh, there's a lesson in there for me, I think. And incidentally, my brother has a tickly cough as well. Um, so I think there might be something genetic about it. But thank you to the reader who who who, who made that um comment uh, it's very kind anyway back to shoe zone so yeah i've marked it green fabulous results bit ahead of forecast low pe generous dividends and buybacks balance sheet's great with net cash everything looks lovely with it forecast for september 24 look beatable i've said here uh, now, I've been attacked for flagging up one of my concerns on this. People say, oh, you're talking nonsense. You know, I don't know why you keep saying this and blah, blah, blah. I say it because it's a risk. It's not necessarily a downside, but it is a risk. And that is that the Chinese direct-to-consumer companies are selling shoes online direct-to-consumers. So that they're going to get some market share, whether you like it or not. They are. <coughs> and the problem is, ShoeZone uh, has a very high gross margin, about 62%. That leaves the door wide open to the Chinese undercutting it. I've actually bought some uh, cheap shoes from Timu online. They don't come in boxes, you see. They just squash them down, crush them into a, a parcel with all your other bits, and then air freight it in. So it's hideous for the environment. But they're not, like most, well, like many Chinese businesses, they are not properly commercial enterprises they don't actually have to make money they quite happily 
will run at huge losses in order to kill off the competition. So I, th- I, th- I would dismiss Timu and Sheehan at your peril with Shoe Zone. They don't have to take a lot of the market share away, selling basically the same products that Shoe Zone sells, but direct to consumers. And you don't have to try them on. You just order size 10, which is what I do. I order all my trainers online. You order size 10, and if, it, and if it's a little bit loose, you put in a, a, an insole or something. So And the returns are very low, as we know from Shoe Zone's own um, a very low returns rate. So I would not dismiss Chinese competition quite so readily. It was that sort of complacency that meant I lost a lot of money on Boohoo. So just, you know, bear that in mind with Shoe Zone. Um, <coughs> anyway, SIG is the name of the company. The ticket is SHI, is the next thing I looked at. Uh, Amber says performance come out of the tight range. Uh, and I've said here, there's not really any sign of the turnaround working. So um, three billion revenue doesn't really make any profit. But they're aiming to get their margins up to five percent. If they do that, this is a multi-bagger SIG shares. I just think they'll struggle to do that because it seems to be they seem to be busy fools just selling three billion pounds of, of gear, building products, and not really making any money. So what's the point? Yeah, we've got very good reader comments, 110 of them on Tuesdays, the 9th of January's SCVR, Small Cap Value Report. It's always around about 100 comments, which is great because you don't get overwhelmed by it. And they're mostly very sensible, I have to say. We don't like it when people just say, oh, yes, I bought a few shoes on uh, because I think it's cheap. We don't care. We don't. We don't want. Please don't announce your trades in the comments because it just wastes everyone's time. If you've got something meaningful to say about Shoe Zone, great. That's what we want. Uh, and if you want to challenge or disagree with anything we've written, great. That's what we want. But not just pointless. You know, before you post, think several thousand people are going to read this. Am I really adding value to their day by posting this? And often it's best not to post. And if you say I'm writing this in an angry frame of mind, just press delete. Don't post it. Um, you may not regret it, but everyone else will. So now, we'll read a comment of the day is Wolf of Small Street, who always posts fabulous stuff. He's put in lots of charts. I'm a bit hyper today, aren't I? I've had two coffees and about six cups of tea. So he's put in lots of comments on um, uh, fund managers, and he's put all the individual charts in for the fund management sector, which is really helpful. A lot of them have already had big, quite big rises, I see. Um, <clears throat> apart from Jupiter, because that warned on profits. I think we covered, yeah, Graham covered that last week. Oh, this is interesting. Planet X, one of our favourites, he posts up that Christopher Mills at Harwood has increased to 14% of cars, the agricultural products thing. That, uh, several of the readers have picked up on that. Uh, potentially interesting. I haven't looked at it lately, but I just want to flag all the ideas to you, flinging dozens of ideas at you, and you can maybe follow up on the ones that float your boat, as always. Oh, just some stuff that we put in the agenda on Tuesday's 9th of January we didn't get around to looking at. Games Workshop, uh, amazing company, um, put out an inline update. B&M Stores put out, uh, the discount retailer put out an inline update uh, and a 20p special dividend. Those are mid-caps, of course, but we like to keep an eye on them. Serata, the new name for the fraud, fraudulent one disco, I've just, uh, inline training update, I've just put in brackets groans because <laughs> so I had a horrible experience with that. I don't really want to cover it anymore. Um, <clears throat> wasted a lot of time on that. Intelligent ultrasound dropped 11% on what looks like a profit, a small profit warning. Uh, and Zytronic put out poor results and dropped by a quarter to only 60p. The market cap is now 
close to being backed by net cash, which is pretty much the only attraction to the company, I think. It looks like a business that's fizzling out. But maybe they'll, you know, if they win some uh, big new contracts, who knows? It might it might recover. Now, Hayes, the big recruitment firm, dropped 9% on a profit warning. So we need to be a bit careful about the recruitment sector, the staffing companies. They look like, in some geographies, they're having a, a hard time. Hayes is international. I did have a quick look at it, but didn't write anything on it. The UK was down something like 20%. Uh, Germany was flat, but I think Australia and New Zealand were down a similar uh, 20%-ish. So, um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be the right time to be loading up on recruiters, staffing companies, uh, but it will be at some point. Um, <clears throat> now, I flagged up some director sales at Loungers. Uh, the CEO banked about 300 grand. He sold about, what's that, roughly 12 or 13% of his holding. I don't really like big director sales, um, and Fiinu uh, and Nanocap went up 85%, and then the company put out a thing saying no material reason for the price rise. I've noticed, actually, so far this year, quite a lot of Nanocaps, you know, things below 10 million market cap, are doing huge spikes up and then coming all the way back down again. So I don't know what's going on, but there's some people messing around um, with share prices uh, right at the bottom of the market. Eagle Eye put out a contract win that I didn't get round to looking at until afterwards. Doesn't look um, as if it's changing the forecast, though. I'm, I've been offered an interview with the CEO of Eagle Eye. I think I'm going to follow that up because it is an interesting company. Uh, I held last year. I've only got a tiny scrap left. I'm sort of not sure about the valuation on that one. And Huddled's group put out a trading update, which didn't look very interesting at all. And Gulf, Gulf Marine Services won... Uh, issued news of two contracts. We mentioned that one quite quite a lot a few years ago, but I was a couple of years too early. It's done very well since then, but um, I uh, I lost track of it, unfortunately. Oh, I've got to also thank Planet X, who is a cycling industry X sector expert. Um, he's posted some very interesting stuff about how tough that sector is at the moment. And I have noticed that Halfords has fallen all the way back, which surprises me because I thought that one was... Um, was good value but uh, I might look at it again but it sounds like the uh, cycle sector is really really difficult at the moment so thanks for the heads up uh, Planet X stuff like that's really valuable oh on Wednesday I published the long form version of my 2024 top 20 share ideas so this is the sort of best of the small cap value reports if you like I put the spreadsheet out on the 2nd of January that you can view live it tracks the prices live and has two tabs for mine and Graham's at the bottom but I actually wrote a long form article on it as well which took forever it was over a week's work uh, that went up on Wednesday so have a look at that if you haven't seen it already now the actual main small cap report we covered oh my giddy aunt 12 companies yeah we, J- Graham wrote up about Jupiter the asset management company have a look on that that put out a profit warning so we've marked it black um Next, I looked at Mark's Electrical. This, unfortunately, was a profit warning as well. We like the company, um, but I think the, the valuation needs to completely recalibrate downwards, which is kind of what we have been saying in the past, that it was overvalued for a company that wasn't growing earnings. 
Um, it's lurched down from a pound to 66p. It's still too expensive, way too expensive, I think. And personally, I think it's probably worth nearer 30p than 60p because it's only going to do about 2.5p earnings, you see. And that's half what it has done in the last three or four years. I think this has got really important read-across for Currys and AO World, which are other electrical retailers who I definitely wouldn't be holding right now because um, obviously Mark's Electrical said that prices are, are under... A lot of pressure, margins are going even lower. Consumers are very price conscious, it said. Hardly surprising, is it, with electricals? Because it's third-party brands. So I always buy Bosch products because they never go wrong. And, you know, you just find the Bosch model you want that's the right size and shape and spec. And, and then you just shop around, don't you, and find it where it's cheapest. I don't think I don't think service really matters particularly. They're just delivering a large box, aren't they? You can put bells and whistles on it, but ultimately people want it as cheap as they can get it. So I think, even though I admire <clears throat> the management and their, um, their their sort of penny-pinching mode of operating, which you have to be if you're selling low-margin, shifting, box-shifting other people's products. So, yeah, I'm sorry to see Mark's Electrical uh, plummet. Uh, we didn't predict that it would uh, drop or that its trading would deteriorate, but we just said it was overpriced when it was around about a pound. You know, it's being priced like a growth company and profits aren't growing. They're plummeting. So, look, the only reason you can justify, I think, buying or holding the shares, MRK, Mark's Electrical, is if you're, you know, you want to anticipate and pay up front for a, a recovery in margins. But that just doesn't seem an attractive proposition to me. So I'm steering clear of all three listed electrical retailers marks ao and curries i think they're all just they're just not attractive investments to me i think they're all expensive for what they are there we go now belvoir graham covered this blv one of our favorite um companies was on my 2023 uh, ideas watch list now uh, i was a bit surprised about this it's announced a recommended all share merger with uh, the property franchise group, TPFG. So anyway, Graham goes through all of that. I'm not convinced this is necessarily a good thing, but Graham seems to think it is. Um, anyway, there we go. It's a pity because we really like the management at Belvoir. They come to the investor shows. They're very receptive to investor communications. But everyone seems to speak very highly about TPFG as well. I know quite a few people who own both shares and think they're both excellent. These are lettings agencies and other estate franchised and other you know estate agency type activities so anyway it's a recommended all share merger but uh, tpfg seems to be it seems to be more like a large acquisition for them because they're slightly going to be the slightly larger business and percentage shareholdings and and belvoir management unfortunately are being jettisoned what a pity but as i say we we think they're very good never mind nichols graham looks at is this the drinks thing yeah he always likes this um it's a slight beta profit forecasts anyway uh oh cornerstone fs here we are i looked at the trading update which is very good they've upped adjusted profit before tax forecast again from 0.7 million to 0.8 million so slight increase now i've said here i've moderated my view from green to amber green simply because the share price is five bagged since May 2023, and I think the valuation at Cornerstone FS is now up with events. I wrote that when it's 31p, so I personally, as I mentioned, I've, I've sold mine. I actually sold them a few days before at about 26, 27p, so I didn't catch that last surge, but never mind, you know, I bought them at 15p, only held them a few weeks, so it was a nice little trade. I'll keep a close eye on Cornerstone FS, though. It's one of these payment companies, don't really understand what their USP is, 
I, I could say the same of pretty much all the, the payments companies. So I'm a bit wary of the whole sector. But anyway, so far so good with that share. It's really uh, delivering excellent results, Cornerstone is. Graham looked at Hostel World, HSW, um, <clears throat> beats expectations. Really good momentum in the, the holiday companies. It's been a good sector. And it's also fixed its balance sheet. So uh, Graham quite likes Hostel World, as do I. It came up on one of my screens recently, actually. I think it was for big upgrades on broker forecasts. So it might still be worth having a look at that, even though, uh, although Graham says the valuation is looking a bit full now. And then I did a load of quick comments. On, uh, I looked at Greg's GRG, lovely business, really good update. Uh, I think the best like-for-like sales I've seen, up 13.7% in a full year, uh, well above inflation. Um, but it was in line with expectations. So it did well, but it was expected to do well. And it's another business saying inflationary pressures are reducing. We're getting that for a lot from lots of companies now. It's got net cash. Uh, I think it's I think it's I think it's really good business, Greg's probably priced priced about right at twenty six twenty seven pounds a share. <coughs> um, Sanderson Design Group I looked at they've won another licensing agreement hasn't moved the SDG wallpapers and uh, fabrics company very well managed by Lisa Montague who we like a lot one of my favourite CEOs she's um, announced another licensing agreement in America which is good doesn't really move the dial but it adds. Comfort, I think so. Uh, and SDG shares, they look cheap, you know. Low PE, lovely balance sheet. I think that one could recover nicely, providing nothing goes wrong. You never know when things are going to put out a profit warning, do you? But it it uh, it looks as if things are sort of solidifying there in a, in a positive way. Costain, I looked at. Uh, we, as I said here, we warmed to it. C O S T, a large contractor for. Um, Roads and water companies, um, very low margin, but it's got a lovely balance sheet. Forecasts have improved. We don't like the sector, but we like the company. And it, it, it announces another significant win, quote unquote, in the water sector. Trading was in line in 2023. Uh, very good net cash position, but do bear in mind a fair old chunk of that, I think it's about half, is effectively money up front from customers that needs to be you know you can't really count that as the company's own cash because it could uh, it could uh, it could change but uh for a pe is only 5.4 and the pension scheme um uh i think has improved a lot so it looks very interesting costain if you invest in low margin contracting businesses that's probably the best of the bunch i reckon okay so sandar i looked at i've got a tiny holding in this I'm sort of on the fence with this trading update, but I think I'm gradually warming to it, actually, after the change in strategy. We'll see how the first stores are going to be open very soon. We'll see how that goes. I've just bounced ideas around about that. I think I'm starting to get a little bit more positive about Sasandar, the fashion brand. <clears throat> Although it obviously had a massive profit warning not long ago and went from three million profit to nothing. So um, with this change of strategy as well. That 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 really knocked me off off kilter with this share. So I, I think it's going to take time for me to recover my poise on Sasandar. What else? Oh, Advanced Medical Solutions. Um, I've I've reported moderately positively on that in the past. Really strong balance sheet. Anyway, I'll go through all the points here for its um, December 2023 update and conclude amber green, mildly positive. Um, that was it for Tuesday. No, no Wednesday. What didn't we cover on Wednesday? Uh, Glenvie Properties is the Irish property thing. 
Uh, hunting is um, 450 million. Uh, what are they? Is that an, an oil services group? That was in line. I did start to look at it, but I think it was too complicated. Gym group I covered on Friday, so we'll come on to that. The low-cost gyms. Winkworth, a tiny estate agent, um, announced in line trading update. Uh, Procook, um, Q3 trading update. That's the uh, kitchen products, shops and e-commerce website in line and a cautious outlook. Sondrell put out another profit warning. This is in such a mess. I mean, it's teetering on the brink of insolvency, so it has to raise more money urgently, I think. So I'm just, no matter how cheap Sondrell gets, I'm not going to go near it. Uh, It's missed its revenue forecast for 2023. Um, uh, It was £13 It's now £10 They're in a terrible mess. I hope it survives, but um, I wouldn't touch the equity personally. And then advanced ADVT, that's the Vin Maria thing, that relisted. It's moved from the main market to AIM, and it went up 13%. Totally, the uh, NHS support services company ish went up 14% from a very low base. It's only five and a quarter pence on a contract extension. Again, I think that's just too messy for me. It's disappointed numerous times. I don't really think there's necessarily a profitable business there and it might need to raise more money i think and then capita is out of favor at the moment i thought this almost made it up onto my top 20 list actually the giant outsourcing services group um it's been cut by a broker an influential broker and it dropped eight percent on that and it dropped again i think later on in the week um i think as a potential turnaround capita actually looks quite interesting but look i don't know it as well as the brokers do so um i could be wrong oh i've just seen we've got 194 thumbs thumbs up some for wednesday's report well, this is the one where we covered 12 companies so that's great that shows that readers appreciate that we uh went above and beyond uh, in the amount of work we put in. So I always thought if we do more than five companies, that actually the reader, it might overload the readers, but we normally get about 130 thumbs. So when we did 12 companies, we've got 194 thumbs. So I think that's the readers telling me, no, bring it on, keep doing do as many companies as you can. So I'll take that on board. Thank you. Right, moving on to Thursday, the 11th of January's report. Again, covered absolute loads. We did eight full sections plus brief comments. So very quickly, Persimmon, PSN, the big uh, large cap house builder. Um, Surprisingly upbeat trading update uh, was issued uh, on Wednesday, the day before. It says completions, sales, are ahead of expectations. This is for year ending December 2023. But that's uh, a third down, 33% down on the prior year. Outlook, it says, for the housing market, highly uncertain. Um, But as all the other house builders are saying, mortgage rates going down is already helping boost demand. And that build costs are moderating. Again, they've all said that. But I've just flagged here persimmon shares amazingly for a mid to large cap. The shares are up 54% since late October. So personally, I think that's enough. I'm not going to be chasing the builders' uh, shares any higher. Taylor Wimpy also put an update saying pretty similar things. December 23 update, operating profit at top end of guidance, uh, which it says is in line with market expectations, uncertain market conditions, but improving mortgages, outlook and inquiries. So very much the same thing. Um, But it also mentions the planning system, which it said is very slow and, quote, extremely challenging, unquote. Bill cost inflation is almost gone. It says, Taylor Wimpy says, it's only 0 to 1% on new tenders. So that, again, is very, very interesting. 
Uh, it's got loads of net cash. Uh, pretty much all the builders have got fabulous balance sheets. So they're not as risky as they were in previous uh, downturns at all, nowhere near. And then, again, they're all saying the same thing, that they're optimistic, medium and long term. So that's the house builders. Big retailers, as you know, last week we had Next slightly ahead of expectation. JD Sports put out a profit warning. I see they've carried on drifting down, JD dot shares. Um, this week so far we had Sainsbury's reiterating in line with um, guidance. Groceries good, Argos bad, which offset, but the shares dropped 6% on the news. Tesco traded well over Christmas. Um, <clears throat> slightly raised its profit guidance, saying it's cautiously optimistic about consumers in 2024. M&S posted uh, strong sales growth, growth, especially groceries, but increased costs, and it says it's in line with expectations for March 2024. As I've commented here, the shares are up over 150%. Amazingly, M&S shares are, and I don't think in line with expectations was good enough. So understandably, I would say people have... Uh, taken some profits and the shares have drifted off a bit there. Again, uh, I was too early with that. I thought M&S was a good turnaround about three, four, five years ago or something. Um, but I was way too early. But never mind. Right, my one of my sector experts said to me, have a look at Nightcap, Paul, N-G-H-T. This is a small bars group. Um, he thought as the light for likes were starting to turn positive, it could be a good entry point. I'm afraid I had to pour cold water over it. I went into it in a fair bit of detail on its trading update. Uh, I don't like the, com- the fundamentals at all at Nightcap, I'm afraid. Uh, but these things, these bars are very operationally geared, remember, 70 to 80% gross margins. So if they do get an upsurge in demand, it's transformative for the bottom line. So bear that in mind. Now, Tristel... Um, uh, dropped 10%, quite a bit, to £4.5 on some director sales. CEO and CFO <coughs> announced they'd sold um, a couple of hundred grams of the shares. But the CEO is retiring, so I think uh, I think that's actually OK. Not particularly keen that the CFO followed suit. That was a harsh market reaction, though, but people don't like director selling. One Spatial announced some contract wins. I won't go into the details, because there's not time, but I, I think that one looks potentially interesting. Uh, the ticket is SPA. It's a niche software group. I haven't looked at it for four years, but it's actually transformed itself in that time. It's now profitable. I think it's a lot more credible. So uh, have a look at that one and let me know what you think. One Spatial is the company name. I looked at Lord's Trading briefly. Now, it dropped 8% the day before on the CFO unexpectedly leaving. We don't like CFOs suddenly upping sticks and buggering off. Um, so I've, r- I've raised what I call an amber-red flag here. Um, because it came only days after the year end. Now, there's a sort of unspoken rule with CFOs. You do not leave, um, you know, after the year end because you've got to get the audit done. You've got to tidy up all the loose ends. Then you can leave and hand it over to somebody a few months later. So I think CFO departing days after the year end, I don't like that. That worries me. Graham looked at Polar Capital Holdings, another fund management thing with an assets update, which he quite likes. Uh, as I said before, we like the whole sector. We think it's really interesting and cheap. Now, this, this is an interesting one. Trust Pilot, TRST, uh, went up 19% to one pound seventy-four. It's now valued at £731 million. It's only just moved into profits. I had to ask on our WhatsApp group, has Graham been abducted by aliens? And is he be, has he been replaced by an imposter? Because he's very positive on Trustpilot, but fair dues to him. He was on his top 10 list for 2024, and it's given him a nice boost there where it rose 19%. Absolutely not the sort of thing I'd 
uh, want to go near, actually. Um, but Graham uh, Graham thinks it's a it's a good um, it's got a good franchise and a good um, a good uh, niche. So anyway, uh, <coughs> unusual to see Graham um, keen on a growth company at a very high valuation. But there we are. He is, and so far he's been proved right. So because it. Uh, strong margins, EBITDA is now above the range of market expectations. It's also accumulating cash and paying a 20 million buyback, although that's only, what, 3% of the market cap. But anyway, yeah, looks interesting there. Not my type of thing, but good luck to, to those of you that do like it, and so far, so good. I looked at Mears, M-E-R. This is the housing services group. I really like this one. We've been very positive about it throughout 2023, and it's had a lovely big surge in share price in the last few months. Mind you, what hasn't? Um, What does it say here? Oh, yes, it was an inline update for 2023 from Mears, and it is benefiting, apparently, from housing asylum seeker contracts. Um, But it materially increases the... December 2024 outlook. Although, as I point out here, yes, they've raised the outlook, but only to level with the prior year. So they were they were forecasting a fall, Mears were, in profits, but they're now saying it's going to be flat. So it's not madly exciting. But I have also flagged here the large-scale share buybacks. That's strongly enhancing EPS. Anyway, I went through the numbers in quite a lot of detail because I had to construct my own, um, my own forecasts because there were no broker forecasts in detail so I've, I've i've done it all in long form and showed you my workings so that might be of interest um in thursday's report on mears i still like it even though it's gone up a lot i still think it's good value so i'm green on mears finally graham looked at xp power this has been quite troubled lately graham's just amber on that but he fleshes out all the detail there so have a look at thursday's report if you're interested in xp power what we didn't look at on thursday was hilton food that was only in line and we don't particularly like the business uh, Whitbread announced an update, which I covered on Friday, so we'll come on to that. Robert Walters, I didn't have time to look at. Knights, I didn't have time to look at. I think I might have put up a quick comment on those on Friday. Yeah, we'll come on to that. Same with Winwood and Empac, I did brief comments on Friday. Dynomy, I didn't have a chance to look at. It was down 11%, so that doesn't look right. It's only 14 million market cap. And then Tribal, on my mid-morning movers section, I flagged that Tribal... The uh, educational software group dropped 10%. Now, this is down to 47p. Now, if you remember, it had a takeover approach last year, a recommended takeover approach at 72p. But it fell through. That was on 6th of October. But it fell through at, at a vote, which didn't quite get enough votes on the 11th of December. So it's dropped from a 72p bid where, you know, somebody wanted to buy the whole company at 72p. It's only down to 47p now. So... Excuse me, I think it's a pretty lousy company. But when you've got a discount of that size now to the level where a recommended bid almost happened, that could be quite an interesting trade, you know, couldn't it? To, um, to uh, 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 you know, have a little punt on it, go long, in the, in the hope that a, a bid might come back maybe at a higher price. So, uh, although I don't like the, the fundamentals of the company at all. And then Angle, I've, I've commented here, that dropped 8% to 22p. It's carried on falling. I've said here it's, it's shedding the spike. It shot up about 100%. Uh, it's, coming, it's come most of the way back down again, as I, as I warned it might do, because that's what it's done every time over the last 20 years or whatever. So it's shedding the spike on recent breakthrough news. So, OK, that was Thursday report. Right, on to Friday then, 12th of January 2024 we covered, I covered, sorry this is on my, did it on my own, 
because Graham has Fridays off. I did six companies plus some short comments. Uh, and this is where I put in my spangly new table, which Matilda loves so much. <laughs> so what did I look at? OK, uh, War Paint, London, W7L. Oh, we love this share. We've been dead keen on it now for about two years, uh, constantly marking it green. I interviewed the CEO, who was brilliant um, a while ago. It keeps putting out more and more good news. It was another Ahead of Expectations update. War Paint London, W7L. It's a makeup company, own brands, uh, really simple business model. The customers, in the, sh- uh, the customers buy the product well in the shops because it's good and it's cheap. And so the retailers order more of it and roll it out to more and more stores. They're, they're, it's just rinse and repeat. They're just uh, introducing the product to um, retailers all over the world, large retailers in, in America as well. So they're only scratching the surface of the potential market, I think. Um, and it's fabulous. It's beaten forecasts again. It's about the fifth upgrade to forecasts. I, anyway, I maintain my very positive stance on it. Um, <clears throat> you know, at four quid, probably priced about right. So that's one that's definitely going on my buy the dips uh, personal, obviously, never recommendations, my buy the dips uh, list for companies I really like, but I'm just waiting for some sort of general market sell-off to buy a few. Um, well done to management and shareholders at Warpaint. I think it's just a tuck away and forget share, and it just seems to be one of these sort of just long-term winners. So uh, great to see. We need more companies like that in the, in the UK small cap, cap sector, don't we? Instead of all this jam tomorrow rubbish that clogs up the market. Now, I looked at Whitbread, 6.8 billion, so a large cap, really. Q3 results. I really like this. The main business is Premier Inn, and there are, there are all sorts of reasons why I think Premier Inn is, is in, in, in structural growth <clears throat> and is a very, very good business, really strong balance sheet. Anyway, I've gone through it all in, in quite a lot of detail. Um, the price is probably up with events for now, but uh, because, again, it's had a good surge recently, but very much one that I've got on my personal buy-the-dip spreadsheet. So have a look at Friday's report for a fair bit of detail on Whitbread. I, I reviewed the last annual report, for example. Jim um, Group, GYM, the opposite, really, trading update. We're red on this one. I'm sorry. It's just not a very good business. It's the low-cost gyms, so it's capital-hungry to actually set up all these gyms. They're expensive to run, but it doesn't charge the clients very much. It's still loss-making, so we just can't see... Um, because it's it's up against headwinds of higher staff and higher energy costs, because they're big premises to heat. Um, I, I've said here we just don't see a particularly viable business model there. Uh, it's, got a, it's got a drastically improved performance to become a, a viable business, I think, Jim Group. Why the hell it's valued at $190 million in equity? I have no idea. Anyway, the debt has come down a bit, but it's still too high. Gresham Technologies, GHT. This was one of my picks for 2024. I dropped a bit of a clangor on this in that I used um, an outdated uh, broker forecast figure <clears throat> that was on the um, on the stock report, unfortunately. So I've got that updated when I compared it to uh, a recent broker note. They didn't match. So it's not quite as cheap as I, I thought it was, Gresham Tech. But it's still good. And I have to... and the. The um, <clears throat> 2023 trading update was pretty good, I thought. The outlook comments I liked. So not as cheap as I initially thought. Um, would I have put it on my 2024 list if I'd been using the correct PE? 
Probably not, actually, but I still like it. But I think I wouldn't have put it in my top 20. But anyway, look, it's it's OK because it rose 3% on the trading update. And it does it does look an interesting business, actually. Lots of recurring revenues, uh, nice strong pipeline. So P, forward P is about 17. So actually, that is still quite reasonable for a, a software group with high visibility. So, yeah, I think I'm talking myself back round to liking Gresham. <laughs> Vistry, very interesting house builder, 3.4 billion market cap. I went through its trading update. That one's very interesting because it's differentiated. They do a lot of contract house building for local authorities, housing associations. That's really cushioned them from the sharp downturn in demand from um, consumers in the last year or two. And it's a slight beat against guidance. Um, It's going to pay out, I think it says a billion in divvies and buybacks over the next three years. Well, it's only valued at 3.4 billion. So that's pretty uh, striking, isn't it? But as with the other house builders, it's risen a lot. It's been up 50% in recent months. So again, on my watch list is something I'm keen to own, but not at the current half, not when it's just risen 50%. Premier Mighton, I like. I looked at that. That rose 8% on a Q1 asset under management. Graham would have normally covered it, but he's day off on Friday. I think that looks interesting. I think it's cheap. So have a look at Premier Mighton if you like. Although it is still seeing some fund withdrawals, I suspect that might dry up now because its market performance in, in what is its Q1 on October to December was actually quite good. But that was because of the Santa rally, not necessarily their stock picking. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think it's I think it's good. Nice strong balance sheet as well, Premier Mighton. That's Gervais's outfit. Um I should get him on for an interview, shouldn't I? I'll see if Gervais wants to do an interview. That would be good. He's always a such an interesting speaker. Other things that we didn't write full sections up on, but we just flagged. Burberry dropped 7% on a profit warning. I've just had a look at that this morning. Uh, The shares have come down a tremendous amount. The high-end fashion uh, brand, of course, Burberry. Um, It's only on a forward PE now, about 12, which does look quite cheap. But I've looked at the accounts, and it's it's mainly a retailer. It does a bit of wholesaler as well. But it's got a 70% gross margin, which is very high. Obviously, because it's, you know, overcharging daft people. Paying £2,000 for a bloody trench coat. What a joke. So people who obviously have pots of money and who are interested in fashion are massively overpaying for these products. What does the 70% margin mean? Well, it means for every 100 of revenue, cost of sales is 30 and gross profit is 70. So 30 to a pound is a 3.3 times markup on cost. And that's after discounting to sell slow moving lines so their bought-in margin is probably i would say probably nearer four times or more markup and what interested me uh, which means the customer's being ripped off they're overpaying uh, compared with what it costs the factory to make um and the thing that surprised me actually is menswear is actually slightly more revenue than women's wear which is the opposite of what i would expect from uh, a fashion brand the trouble with the 70 percent gross margin is that uh, it leaves you very vulnerable to a downturn in sales. So if the uh, the fashion if the fashionistas decide that Burberry's old hat, you've had it. So um, I remember my my posh grandma, who's a step grandma. She was a retired headmistress. She loved her Burberry uh, trench coat. You know, with the with the the check lining on the middle of it, she thought she was really something wearing that. But I, she definitely wouldn't have wouldn't have paid two grand for it. That's for sure. 
Virtue Motors, we like that. That was on my top 20 this year. It's bound to get taken over, surely. Everything else has been in the sector. The car dealers. Cinch has gone up from 7.1% to 8.1%. So, you know, when a comp- online competitor's buying the shares, you know there's something interesting there. Uh, almost fully backed by freehold property, of course. See the archive. We've done loads and loads and loads of stuff on Virtue. Czar, XAR, the printheads thing, put out a 2023 trading update and it confirmed September guidance and outlook so no change there so we didn't do a write up on that ah <laughs> intention to float london tunnels this is <laughs> i've said here it's intriguing stroke bonkers um, they're redeveloping wartime tunnels in london so i'm going to try and uh, i'm going to try and get, uh, i've 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 emailed them and said i'd like to do uh, one of the visits that they're talking about doing so i might be able to do it mystery shop it before it's uh, <coughs> before it's open to the public. That would be interesting. John Wood uh, put out an inline update, <coughs> just over a billion market cap. That's, I've said here, too complicated to cover here. Loads of adjustments in the accounts, really complicated accounts. I don't like it. Too much debt as well, so I didn't cover that. I did have a quick look, but it doesn't float my boat. What else did we cover? <coughs> Four more I commented on very briefly. Windward. This is the Israeli uh, maritime safety awareness or positioning type software thing or whatever. Very, very topical, uh, of course, um, after the, the, the Houthi attacks on shipping in the Red Sea. Now, it said it was ahead of expectations, but it's still trading at a loss. It does have $17 million net cash, which looks enough, I think, to take it through, hopefully, to break even profitability. I said here, marine security is very topical. Interestingly enough, the CEO of Winwood appeared on a podcast from in. Is it Ian King? I think it's Sky. A very good podcast. I listen to those most days. And he was saying that this is really going to cause a significant price inflation in some areas. He mentioned particularly new cars coming from Korea and Japan. Rerouting them around the, the Africa adds about a, bill, uh, a million in fuel cost and two weeks to the time. So he said it'll add between a thousand and fifteen hundred pounds to the price of new cars coming from the Far East. And I would imagine as well a lot of components also. Um, so anyway, that was very interesting. So if you get get a chance, have a listen to that. Uh, that was Windward. MPAC, M-P-A-C is the ticker and the company name. Uh, I only belatedly made a brief comment on this. Inline trading update. But I like the outlook. Positive order book and positive outlook statements. Uh, the forward P looks quite cheap. So even though MPAC shares have risen quite a lot recently, it still looks quite interesting. So maybe have a look at that. If you remember, that's the packaging machinery company that did disappoint uh, a while back. But it seems to be back on track now. I had a quick look at Knights, as in Knights of Armour. Um, <clears throat> uh, H1 results. This is one of the legal services companies. Too many adjustments in the accounts for me. And the net debt's too high. But it is a low PE ratio on Knights. Finally, Robert Walters, I had a quick look at that. It says in line for December 2023. This is one of the staffing companies, RWA, in line. But um, bear in mind, there have been very deep cuts to the forecasts previously. So it's only reporting in line with very deeply cut, you know, by about two thirds cut um, forecasts. So again, I'm wary of the recruiters, but there will come a point where we need to load up on them because they'll be cheap for a recovery. I don't think we're there yet. I've run out of time, unfortunately. That's nearly an hour. That's more than enough. I have got loads of points to make on on, on macro and news, though. So I, economic news. So I don't know if I 
should just not bother or whether I should do a short macro podcast part two. I don't know. I'll see how I feel later. So I'll, I'll wrap this up for now. Thanks ever so much for uh, all your support. As always, we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And do spread the word because obviously, you know, the more listeners we get, the better, really. So um, and those and hopefully we convert a small number of listeners into Stockopedia subscribers. That's the that's the aim. We love it when you join Stockopedia. We had a couple of uh, new joiners this week who are podcast listeners. So the more the merrier, you know, all the details in the small cat reports and tons and tons of other fabulous stuff on on Stockopedia. But obviously, the stock reports, and the stock ranking system are the best bits from my point of view. They're indispensable. I use them all the time as my main tools for for research. So, uh, yeah, do join us if you if you if you wish to. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.